Welcome to the Treeleaf Zendo podcast. Treeleaf is a Soto Zen Sangha available anytime, anywhere at treeleaf.org. Come sit with us. Well, thank you all for being here. Uh, in a few weeks, uh, I depart with my son in tow for a train trip across America, where I'm going to see a lot of you uh, who are uh, able to uh, come. And um, we will be starting in Chicago and then crossing the great American Midwest to California. We're having a little retreat in in San Francisco, with uh, there's someone else I'm going to see there. Good to see you, Shoka. I was just talking about San Francisco. And uh, then we're continuing on down to Arizona, New Mexico. I'll see Jishin down there. He's uh, promised to give me a drive that I'm counting on to Marfa, Texas. If he doesn't show up, I got a hitchhike. So I'm really counting on you, Jishin. Uh, and we start in Chicago, as I said, where I get to meet... Uh, Tygen Leighton. Tygen Leighton is perhaps the most quoted individual uh, in at Treeleaf whenever I have to make a citation. It's usually to something that Tygen has written about Dogen or Shikantaza. He's a Zen priest, Soto Zen priest. He's a historian, translator. He's translated the Ehe Kororoku and so many of Dogen's works. A few days later in San Francisco, we get to meet Shohaku Okamura, who's also Someone. So within a, about 10 days, I get to meet uh, two of our uh, most honored living teachers in North America right now. But Tygen wrote some things about Dogen and about practice that have affected me, changed me. I would say half the things you hear me saying at Tree Leaf come from things that Tygen has said that pointed me straight about Dogen, about sitting. And this essay that we're looking at here is one of them. And, and here's the basic point. It's very simple. Most times people meditate. People do things in life for a reason to get it done. When people meditate, they say, I want to relax. I want to experience something deep, or I want to find inner peace. Well, Shikantaza Zazen is no different. But we have a very unusual way to go about that. That makes it not meditation, we like to say. In the first paragraph here, he explains why. Buddhist meditation has commonly been considered an instrumental technique aimed at obtained, obtaining a heightened mental or spiritual state, or even as a method for inducing some dramatic enlightenment experience. But in some branches of the Zen tradition, Zazen, seated, Zazen seated meditation, 
has been seen not as a means to attaining some result, but as a ritual enactment and expression of awakened awareness. This alternative, historically significant approach to Zen meditation and practice has been as a ceremonial ritual expression whose transformative quality, I want to underline that, transformative quality is not based on stages of attainment or meditative process. So if you read this quickly, you might say that, oh, we're just doing it as a ceremony or as a ritual, a symbol of something. We're, we're not doing it based on trying to get something, right? If you read it, but you, the two important words here, whose transformative quality is based on those things, it will transform you. It is revolutionary. He continues, the Zen ritual enactment approach is most apparent and developed in writings about Zazen by the Japanese Soto Zen founder, Eihei Dogen. Mostly people try to get something. But we sit enacting. Is that the good word? I'd say so because sometimes there's something in, in theater, the method actor, who so embodies the character that they become the character. I hear actors in Hollywood, you know, they put on the costume and they spend all day running around town. They won't get out. Johnny Depp, I think he's one. He's always running around. He's a pirate. And you talk to him, you know, he's really Captain Johnny, whatever he is. We embody Buddha with the feeling deep in the bones that we are Buddha. And thus, we feel Buddha. We express Buddha, we flower as Buddha, because we sit there with the trust that this is Buddha. Sometimes I use the expression, fake it till you make it. But that's, sometimes people don't get what I'm talking about, so I say, just fake it till you make it. But that is not it. It's more like the Olympic athlete who visualizes and embodies the great dive he's going to do. And by doing this, he sees it, he embodies it, he gets up there, and he is it. It's like the actor who becomes Hamlet, and not just saying words, but he embodies the heart of the character. It is like esoteric Tibetan Shingon Shingon is Japanese, uh, like Tibetan Buddhism, esoteric Buddhism, where they sit and they visualize mentally an image of a Buddha. They might see and paint in their mind actually a picture of a Buddha, like those great mandala pictures that they have, with the idea that by doing so, they actually come to embody the aspects of psychology and truth, wisdom, compassion that that Buddha represents. When we sit Zazen, we also sit as Buddha. You hear me say this week in, week out, you must be so bored to listen to me. 
we sit in all completion, all wholeness. There is not one thing more to attain, not one thing more to do. This is the peace of Buddha. The peace that holds all the broken pieces of the world. And if you don't feel it yet, like a kid in a high school play, just fake it till you make it. Now, I got to tell you before we get into this, that uh, this visualization, you got to realize what it's good for. For example, if I visualized myself as an airplane pilot and then got behind the controls of an airplane, or I doubt that would be enough. If the Buddha, even the Buddha, some people say the Buddha could do anything, but even if the Buddha visualized driving a car or flying an airplane, as wise as he was, I doubt he could do it. And I have proof, I have proof of this. You have never seen any section of an ancient sutra where the Buddha is driving a car, have you? That's because he didn't know how. Historical fact. You can write it down, you heard me. Some Buddhists really have such faith in the Buddha, they said if the Buddha wanted to fly a plane, he could have. And I leave it to them. But I think that even the Buddha could not do certain things. But... There's another aspect to life, and we have mental health professionals here, and I think they will perhaps understand this. How much of the world is stories we tell ourselves? I think if you're a mental health professional and, and a patient comes to you, and I, I hear this all, you know, I'm, a, I'm not a mental health professional, but people come to me with their issues because clergy, Right. And they start telling me these stories about how the world is. You've probably had it with your family members, your relatives. And you say to them, why are you telling yourself this story about how life is this way or this problem? How bad it is. These issues you have. Put it down. Give it a rest. Stop thinking that way. There are some things about this world that if we stop thinking a certain way, it changes. One of that is that there's something wrong with life, fundamentally. I'm not saying that the world is perfect. Don't, don't get me wrong. You'll hear me say that enough. I'm not saying that oh, all the, the war and troubles in the world are not there. I'm saying that there's something fundamentally with, wrong with the world. There's something fundamentally wrong with my life. There's something fundamentally wrong with me. I'm not right as a person. I'm, my life could be better. My, this world is, uh, I don't know. Just I'm dissatisfied. Okay. But at a fundamental level, we sit where there is no flaw, nothing to change, not one thing to add or not one thing to take away. You are a shining jewel, just as you are. And so is every blade of grass and every drop of rain. 
That is why we sit as Buddha, with not one thing to change, not one thing to add or take away. And if you don't get it, pretend you're Johnny Depp playing Buddha until it gets in your bones. Johnny Depp would have been a better Buddha than Keanu Reeves, but that's a story for another day. I never liked Keanu Reeves' as Buddha. But anyway, um, now, I encourage you to read this essay by Tygen when you get a chance. Uh, basically, he, he makes the point beautifully, but he tells a couple of classic stories in here that will emphasize my point. First off, Sitting there and feeling your Buddha is not going to solve everything in the world. You have to get up and live it, enact it. I'm saying today, you know, it's the rainy season here in Japan. It set my allergies to crazy today. And sometimes it's really cold here. And sometimes it's very warm, too hot. Next month, so hot. The world will never be quite satisfactory. I cannot make it always. This is not Southern California, folks. I know some of you live in Southern California. The weather is always beautiful. When you're cold, be cold, Buddha. When you're hot, be hot, Buddha. But at the core of it, there is something flawless amid all that, as all that. And also, when you get up, if you're angry, if you're greedy, if you're jealous, if you're, you're always opinionated and you're always clutching, you're still Buddha. But you're just not acting like it. You have to make it real through your words, thoughts, and acts. If you act like the devil, you bring the devil to life, we say. If you're vicious and angry and mean, you become the devil. You also could become the president of the United States. But I'm not going to get into that today. If you bring peace into the world through your words, thoughts, and actions, it's easier to see that you are this Buddha. All right, so let's get into the stories. He quotes from Zazenshin, which was written in 1242, the needle point of Zazen. For studying the way, the established means of investigation is pursuit of the way in seated meditation. The essential point that marks this investigation is the understanding that there is a practice of a Buddha that does not seek to make a Buddha. Since the practice of a Buddha is not to make a Buddha, it is the realization of the koan. Most people look at koans as problems to solve, and then they will understand. Then they will be Buddha. Most people think, if I do this practice, it may take a lifetime. Frankly, it may take a million billion lifetimes in some traditional forms of Buddhism. And then everything will be right. Then I will be a perfect Buddha, gold and flying through the sky. 
And Dogen says, do not seek to make a Buddha. Do not seek to solve the koan. Sit as the koan realized. Sit as the Buddha made real. Here, as in many places in his writings, Dogen emphasizes as the essential point that Zazen specifically and practice generally is not about seeking some future Buddhahood. Rather, it is already the practice of Buddhas realizing with awakened awareness what is crucial in this present situation. As Zazenshin proceeds, it centers on Dogen's commentary about a story about the great Chan Master Mazu and his teacher, Nanwen. Now, Dogen changes a couple of things here as Dogen will. First off, the original story is probably Mazu is still a young student, a beginner, and Nanwen is already a master advising him. But when Dogen tells the story, he says, no, no, Mazu was already a fully realized master, and Nanwen was already a fully realized master. But even as fully realized, Mazu is still sitting Zazen. Why would he be sitting Sazen if he's already made it? If he's already realized? And Dogen in the Fukan Zazengi says, even the Buddha sat Zazen when he was the Buddha. Even Bodhidharma, already Bodhidharma, the great ancestor, was still sitting Buddha, the sixth ancestor, sitting as Zazen. Why, if they're already finished? Because there is no finish. It's the realization here. He tells the story. Mazu was sitting, and his teacher, Nanwe, asked him about his intention in Zazen. Mazu replied that he intended to make a Buddha through sitting Zazen. Nanwe took a tile and began polishing it with a rock. We spare no expense on special effects here a Chinese tile. This actually fell off my roof, the great earthquake and tsunami here in Japan at that moment, uh, you know, with the Fukushima reactor. This, at that moment, this fell, this was my roof, and uh, it's still in my garden, little pieces of it. Nanwe took a tile and began polishing it with a rock. When Mazu asked what he was doing, Nanwe replied that he was polishing a tile to make a mirror impossible. When Nanwe perplexedly, confusedly asked how this was possible, Nanwe responded, well, how can you make a Buddha through Zazen? And then Dogen plays with this story. See, all the Zazen in the world is not going to present earthquakes and tsunamis and the tiles falling off my roof. It's not going to prevent the little things in life. My allergies today, the rain outside when I wanted to take my daughter bicycling, she, she just learned to ride the bicycle last week. And uh, she got up, you know, first week, she could only go straight and she could break, which is the most important thing, but she couldn't get started. Second week, she could turn and get started, but she's falling over. Still. So this was the big week. I thought she's really going to she's really going to go, but it's raining. A little disappointment in life. Nothing about this practice is going to prevent the big disappointments or the little disappointments. Yet we sit as Buddha. 
Buddha in the rain, a Buddha in the sun, a Buddha when the ground is still, a Buddha when the ground shakes. Dogen took this story that said there's nothing about Zazen that's going to make a Buddha to say, first off, you must sit as the Buddha. And this is the important part of the story. And the very act of polishing is making Buddha. The tile is Buddha. The mirror is Buddha. Nanwe and Mazu are Buddha. The very act of polishing and sitting is making the mirror, the clarity, the peace, the wholeness of the mirror, the brightness of the mirror. You see, you can't just sit and say, I'm Buddha. Zazen is the only thing you need. People misunderstand Dogen about this. All you need to do is practice Zazen. Okay, I'm done. Now, let me go rob a bank or yell at my neighbor. If you actually read Shobogenzo, Zazen is the heart of it, but a very, very time-wise or effort-wise small part of it. Dogen wrote many, many, this is true, many, many, many more pages on how to go to the toilet or to take a bath than he wrote on Zazen. So you would think that actually, instead of, you know, the Soto clan, you know, we're the, the, the school of Zazen, we should be the, 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 the Buddhist school of properly going to the bathroom. You know, that would be it. Well, come to our Zazen Kais. We, we're, all, we're all lined up here. I replaced the Zafus, you know, with bathroom facilities here, and we will properly execute you know, it's sitting, right? <laughs> it's sitting like Buddha. You can, lotus position, a little difficult, but you get my point. Cooking. Last time I wrote, spoke about the Eno, right? Service in the monastery, doing work. We sit as Buddha. We also act as Buddha. You make Buddha real in that way too. If you rob a bank, this is what a lot of traditional Buddhists don't get about us, too, and they don't like when I say it. Oh, when you rob a bank, you're the Buddha robbing a bank. If I say, so my wife's taking going to the library with my daughter. If you uh, do horrible things in the world, plant a bomb, you're the Buddha planting a bomb. People say, how can you say that? The Buddha would never plant a bomb. Well, you have to understand, of course, the Buddha would never plant a bomb. Underlying this, as you hear me say many times when we sit, there's that beyond bombs to explode, beyond banks to rob. There's no greed. There's no anger. That's Buddha. But if you act with anger and violence and hate and discrimination and you name it. What's your favorite negative emotion? Uh, fill in the blank. You are hiding the Buddha 
You, you're making the devil real. I'm going to sound like an old Mississippi pre preacher. You're making the devil real. If you act with filled with hate, Beelzebub, Satan is coming real. Hallelujah. You got it? But it's true. We have the, the devils in Buddhism too. And it's up to you. As I often say, is canon real? When your hands reach out to help someone in charity, in goodness, you're making canon, the bodhisattva of compassion, real. And that bodhisattva canon is also an expression of Buddha. If you live with peace and wholeness in your life, you are making canon real, you are making Buddha real. That's what this is all about. So it's not just sitting there. It's getting up and taking it out into the world. Now, you okay? Yes? Okay. So I'm going to let you read a lot of this too. Uh, I'm just going to go uh, down. This is the next to the last paragraph where he tells the story of the raft. If you can see in the middle of that second to the last paragraph, it says the principle of Zazen in other schools is to wait for enlightenment. In many traditional branches of Buddhism, meditation practice may eventually lead to enlightenment. Dogen states that some people even practice like having crossed over a great ocean on a raft, thinking that upon crossing the ocean, one should discard the raft. The Zazen of our Buddha ancestors is not like this, but it's simply Buddha's practice. So most images, actually more than the ocean, an image of the river. This side of the river is ignorance, human ignorance, our greed, our anger, our division. Uh, the other side is perfect Buddha. And the Buddha's teachings are a raft. So through this practice, they have the image that you get on the raft and eventually you get over to the other side which is nirvana or enlightenment. And then everything's okay over there. As we say, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. Right? Well, of course, Dogen says, no. People misunderstand this. This side of the river is already Buddha. Just hard to see. That side of the river is Buddha. The middle of the river is Buddha. The raft is what makes it real. Even if you get to the other side of realizing something, in traditional Buddhism, then you can put the raft down, you're done. Not according to Dogen. We keep carrying the raft happily as Buddha. Because the whole trip is the arrival. At the beginning of practice, you're a beginner. Your Buddha. After practicing for 10 years, 20 years, you're still just Buddha. You have gone nowhere. But maybe you realize this better. The beginner, he's ignorant. Why? Because he's trying to get somewhere. Fix me. Fix this world. Fix it. Something's wrong. The fellow 20 years down the road realizes that 
it was all a jewel just here. And the fixing never stops. Every choice you make, every opportunity for anger that instead of opening your mouth and saying something, you say something in peace. Every opportunity where you could have a divisive thought or feeling in your heart, but somehow it opens with clarity. You're making Buddha. And we never quite arrive because as the saying goes, we, we discussed this a couple of months ago too. We vow to save all sentient beings, though it's impossible. We vow to master all the teachings. It never stops. We vow to make it right. We're never going to get there, baby. How can this both be true? There's no place to go, yet we keep on going. It's always total arrival, and we're never going to be finished. It's lovely because it's already finished. This is where people saying, what the heck you're saying? Completely contradictory upside down things here. Exactly. It's sin. If it made sense, it wouldn't be sin. You have to, in each second, make the choice to do the right thing. And there's nothing to do. You're already Buddha. You don't have to do a thing about it. But if you don't act right, you're not Buddha. There's no place to go. You're already arrived. And in each step, you make that truth. So keep on walking. If you got this last three sentences, I said you would never have to come here again. But I hope you keep on coming. Okay. I think that's actually it for today. Sometimes I have a tendency to look at the clock and go, seven more minutes, I better keep talking for seven more minutes because, you know, the sound of my own voice. But no, I think we're done. That's it. Any questions? Oh, come on. Well, I got all this wonderful high-tech technology. I get one question. You even asked me about, I don't know. Oh, okay. But she's right here. Go ahead. Um, you're Hello. saying in your text that um, needlepoint zazen or needlepoint meditation and acupuncture um, are also a form of meditation. So has that something to do with your focusing on one particular issue or does that have something to do with you actually using some external okay. stimulus to... Okay. Well, according to Zen, everything can be Zen. Playing baseball can be Zen, you know, first off. As I said, even robbing a bank is Zen, but it's hard to see, right? But I think here all it means is by the way, uh, acupuncture, I think in Dogen's time they had acupuncture too. He was in China. But I think all it means is this is the heart. This is the center point, the, the, the core of Zazen. I think that's what he means in this case.
but uh, uh, yes, you do pottery. And when you're doing that too, Zazen. And sometimes the pot is successful. And sometimes the pot is a complete failure, right? Makes no difference. For Buddha, broken pot, wonderful pot, lopsided pot, perfect. Straight pot. Okay, well, you got one more story here, okay? She's a potter, okay? She goes to the potter. Every pot she makes on the wheel is perfect, okay? Just what it is. Each pot is Buddha, okay? But get this, some of the pots turn out just in a nice shape. Some of them fall over, right? right? Ugly, right? Even though each pot is perfectly just what it is, we try in each action, in each moment to make the best pot we can. Okay. Anything else? Cornelia? Oh. Anything over there? Oh, yes. Kionin. Thank you, Jindo. This is not a question, it's more a comment. When people ask me um, how it works being a Buddha at, and at the same time not being a Buddha, but still trying to become a Buddha. The example I always give is when you're an athlete and uh, you need to keep on training in order to maintain your um, physical progress um, because every human can run ideally, but if you don't train, if you don't keep on uh, pushing yourself to limits, um, you will still be able to run, but uh, you would lose everything that makes you an athlete. So uh, I think that could be a good analogy to try people to understand a little about how it works to be a Buddha and not being a Buddha, but still trying to become one. I, I, I think that's, that's uh, right. You're very much into diet and exercise. And, and uh, I... I, I um, uh, should be more so. What I often say is, uh, when you're fat, out of shape, you're fat, out of shape Buddha. And when you're skinny in good shape, you're skinny in good shape Buddha. But uh, also the diet is a Buddha. So better to be a skinny, healthy Buddha, I think, than out of shape. Yes. Every moment is uh, Buddha. Someday, uh, Kionin, you and I were going to write a, a diet book. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anything else? Okay, uh, let's have the verse to close the sutra. Thank you for joining us for the Tree Leaf Zendo podcast. Tree Leaf is an online practice place for people who cannot easily attend a Zen center due to health, location, work, childcare, or family needs. We provide netcast Zazen, retreats, discussion, Jukai, the support of fellow practitioners, interaction with a teacher, and all other activities of a Zen Buddhist Sangha, all fully online, accessible anytime, anywhere, without charge. Come build the future of online Zen community and practice.